So Money episode 1050, Lauren Silbert, general manager of thebalance.com. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. The really big difference, I think, between this and the last recession that we have is like the last recession was a lot of stuff, not personally, everyone, you know, had an impact in, but there in this recession that we're experiencing is so much stuff is that out of your control that you can't really do anything about. You can imagine what's happening at a personal finance website these days, right? Lots and lots of queries, people searching for their deepest, most pressing questions related to their money. And our guest today has quite the perspective on all of this. She is Lauren Silbert, General Manager at personal finance platform, The Balance. Many of you wonder, what are some other really great personal finance resources out there? The Balance is definitely one of my favorites. The site makes personal finance super easy to understand. A lot of experts there providing clear, practical advice on all things related to your money, whether you want to invest, buy a home, save for retirement. And Lauren is the vice president and general manager of The Balance. She's been with the company since 2015. She was named a corporate champion in Folio Magazine's 2019 Top Women in Media Awards. She also appears all over the media as a personal finance and careers commentator and expert. And and I thought it'd be interesting to bring her on today to share some of the top searches on the balance, right? What are people typing at 1 (laughs) a.m.? desperately needing the answers to when it comes to their money. And we're going to talk about some of those top questions, including what is the best way to use my stimulus check? People are curious about how to get mortgage relief, refinancing their homes and getting some relief from their landlords. Also a top search on the site is, should I even look for a job right now? So if you've got some of these questions, you want to hang on and listen to this episode. Here we go. Here's the great Lauren Silbert. Lauren Silbert, welcome to So Money. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. I'm happy to talk to you, Farnoosh. Quite the time to be talking. So helpful to have you on the show right now as the general manager of The Balance, which for everybody listening, The Balance is an incredible resource that helps to simplify personal finance. There's a wealth of information there. A lot of the content I know is written by experts, financial planners, tax experts, retirement experts. And now more than ever, your site is getting some visits, just a few. Uh, People got a lot of (laughs) questions, but like how behind the scenes, Lauren, how, what's business like running a personal finance platform at a time like this? It's kind of insane, but in a good way, I think this is a really, really good opportunity for people to get very smart about their personal finances. I think we all have a little bit more time on our hands than we had previously had. Um, And although it's not a really fun way to have to enter this world, I think we're definitely going to get a lot, you know, more intelligent consumers out of this at the end of the day. Um, So I think this is a really good opportunity for us and any finance brand in general to say, like, how can we actually help people? Like, people need some real help right now. Um, We all know that entering the finance world is not very easy. That's kind of why a lot of people are afraid of it. Uh, And I think that the idea is we 
should take this as an opportunity to say, like, what can we do to make it easier for people to understand what's going on? How do we help them navigate their lives? There's a lot of stuff that's happening right now that is totally new and has never happened before or has maybe happened like once in the last hundred years before. And this is an opportunity for people to say, what the heck is this and make sense of it for me. Um, but there's also this really good opportunity, which where we've been seeing is a lot of content that's spiking on the site is content. That's really something that's like almost evergreen in nature. It's not a lot of how do I help make sure my credit score doesn't go down? You know, all of these things that you would think that you should know already, but you don't know. Everyone's kind of trying to brush off all of those old standbys. And I think this is a good idea to kind of re reinstate the fundamentals. And so we're doing a lot to make sure not only is our new content that's talking about all of the current events that are happening, everything with CARES and PPP loans and everything like that, but all of the content that has to do with those things that are just very fundamental building blocks of your personal finance life are like fresh and people understand, you know, what to do, you know, one, either to protect, protect themselves now, but definitely prepare themselves for the future. Cause I think everyone's like, who knows what's going to happen in the next six months. So I might as well just make sure I'm as safe as I can possibly be right now. Right. Those tried and true principles of living within your means, paying down your debt, saving. In some ways, it's extremely hard to follow those guidelines, but always good to brush up on them. And you know, because of where you stand, you're seeing some of the questions people are asking. Sometimes the questions they're afraid to be asking out loud, but they're searching for them and you are <laughs> you are getting that perspective. And so I thought it'd be kind of interesting and timely to go through some of these top financial questions and concerns people have right now as provided to the balance. One of the questions is, what is the best way to use my stimulus check? You're going to get maybe this 1200 2400 plus stimulus. Maybe you've already gotten it. Hopefully you've already gotten it. What do you think is the best way to spend it or save it? Yeah. So I'd say, one, if your income has not changed, I think this is a great time to start building up that emergency fund if you don't have one already. So if you can afford to save your stimulus check, you should definitely try to save it. So if you haven't had any change in employment or income, I think that's a really great option. Uh, but the thing that you know we want to say about how to use it, and I think a lot of people are saying, like, what exactly should I use it on, like you were saying, is just focus on those essentials. So part of what we were talking about is going back to those building blocks, those tried and true things. I think one of the things that everyone has got to do right now is just revisit their budget. So part of what they have to understand is like the budget that you may have made in January, if you made one at all, is totally different than the one that you're going to need right now. And the idea is that you want to figure out what are those essential parts of your budget, those fixed parts of your budget that you have to actually pay off, right? Have those changed over time? And can you use your stimulus check to start funding um, those expenses? And then you can figure out the variable ones there. But I think, you know, focusing on what those essentials are is what you definitely want to use your stimulus check for. And like we said, if you haven't experienced this reduction in income, building up your cash reserves is the next best thing that you could possibly do with your stimulus check. I'll say so. I mean, if you have the luxury of a job right now, mm -hmm. I agree with you. The One of the best things you can do is to up your savings. Be obviously, there were some immediate industries impacted by COVID, retail, travel, et cetera. But there are going to be other shoes dropping, I think, in the fall industries that, right, that we may not currently realize have will have been impacted by 
the, the, the economic impact of COVID, but certainly will be. And so I'm not going to scare everybody and say, no one's going to have a job in December, but I think there's going to be a continuation of job loss. And so if you can sort of prepare for that, it, it's an opportunity because a lot of the people who lost their jobs in April did not expect it. People no. lose their job in December. Maybe you could have expected it, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like challenging everyone's original thought where mm-hmm. I think everyone thought about like emergency funds or this like three to six month like time frame. It's like we've already passed three months right. in this whole yeah. process. So like, you know, it's at least it, the worst situation could at least last three months. Um, and, you know, the more you prepare, the more comfortable. I think we're in a world right now. The the really big difference, I think, between this and the last recession that we have is like the last recession was a lot of stuff, not personally, everyone, you know, had an impact in, but there in this recession that we're experiencing is so much stuff is that out of your control that you can't really do anything about, right? People who are great at their jobs are losing their jobs. Like there's no reason. And, you know, companies that were good companies had to shut down or furlough people. And so the idea is like, if you can set up an emergency fund and build up those reserves, it just adds this like semblance of control to a very chaotic situation. And so I think besides just being prepared, it is like a really good mental health exercise Mm -hmm. to get your emergency fund set up so that you feel like you have some sort of control of what's going to happen to you in the future. I love that word control. It's the operative word right now. And I tell people, if you can't be overwhelmed by the idea of a budget right now, what are your top five, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, because we got so much going on, but what are what are the top five categories? You got top five people in your phone. What are the top five expense categories? For me, that's housing, groceries, insurance, utilities, and wine. <laughs> well, you know, for, you know, for me, and I think for most people, housing, you know, your car payments, um, any, but where are you going? <laughs> no. Well, I know, but you, well, you, you got to pay it. You got to pay Dad, in a place yeah. and walk to grocery stores. Right. Um, <laughs> so you definitely want to make sure you're doing that, but you know, paying off big loans, especially now when you know, there's so much interest relief, you want to try to get that principal down as much as possible while you have the opportunity to. So I think that's still a really good thing to start paying off. Um, but you know, things like having really good internet access can have sort of like jumped the fence, right? You may have been able to access the internet at your job and had really good connections, you know, other places been able to go to the library or at school if you're a student, right? That expense may have like jumped the fence into like the most expense, the most important Mm -hmm. expense in your house. So having that and being able to video chat with all your friends and still be connected, especially if you have to go to school still. So like that's one of the other big ones, I think, besides home, whether that's rent or mortgage, you know, paying down your debt, your car. I think internet service, um, you know, and groceries are obviously the number one thing. You're not really getting access to food in too many other places these days. So those seem to be, for me, I know they seem kind of boring, but are the It's so true, though. You know, all those emails I get, like, 30% off, blah, 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 summer sale. I'm like, where am I going? And it's it's not in my top five. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you're not in my top five. It's like I've worn five outfits since started. <laughs> I don't need more clothes. It's a great exercise in understanding what you actually need. Mm-hmm. I feel like we were just running fast and loose and buying stuff. It's true. I think you really are getting intimate with what it is that actually is important to you and what you don't, what is excess. 
mm-hmm. and what is a need. Let's move on to something really meaty, which is mortgage relief. I have a lot of people confused, and I'm a little confused about how the forbearance versus deferment of your mortgage is going to work. Uh, people writing in and saying, Farnoosh, I reach out to my bank and while they will give me a six-month forbearance, I'm going to owe it all on yeah. the seventh month. And I don't have that kind of money. So should I even bother to go through with this? And so first, let's just understand the facts behind mortgage relief. What are you understanding about this? And is it true that it's really just case by case? Your bank is going to have its own kind of guidelines and rules around this? Yeah. So, you know, we know the regulations have come out around federally backed mortgages. So anything that you've gotten, you know, through the government is the, the rules are sort of laid out there. Um, you know, private lenders and stuff are kind of following suit with what the government is doing. So you're likely going to have the same circumstances that you have there. I think what's happening is that I know it's almost like weird to say, and I typically don't have this feeling all the time, but these companies are kind of dealing with this situation the same way individuals are, right? Everyone's coping with it in the same way. They don't really know what's going to happen. So everyone's putting out these immediate regulations or immediate, you know, relief options. And then they're waiting until sort of the last minute to make a change to adjust them to what people actually need because people don't really know what's going to happen, right? The concept of a lot of these lenders is that they're saying, well, if we give people, you know, all of this flexibility, what happens if things go back to normal in a few months and then we're sort of out of pocket on everything? So the idea is like they're trying to figure it out the same way we are. So the idea is that they are giving forbearance or deferment on paying the loans. It is really scary to think that you're going to have however long that deferment is to pay it all up front. Now, I think, like you said, it's really on a case by case basis. I think what's going to happen is a lot of people have been reaching out to their lenders to see if they can do things like adding the payments at the end of their mortgage or at a different time during their mortgage. And I think that really depends sort of what point in time you're at with your agreement of the lender. But the idea is it's really about having communication with them and giving them ideas of what your personal situation is like and figuring out what kind of relief options they're, you know, open for and really to make sure that none of these changes that they're making to your agreement are going to affect your credit score in the long term, I think. But it really is a you know, an individual situation here, especially based on, you know, if you're working with a private lender too. I want to make one thing clear, though, that I've been hearing from people who have done have gone through with this. And one thing they'll say to me is, you know, it didn't impact my credit score. However, it, it is in your records that you mm-hmm. did this. And so the next time you go to apply for a mortgage, it might pop up. And it could be used against you, even though it didn't impact your score. It's in your history. And so you want to be really clear about how the bank reports this and, you know, just the language they use sometimes. It's all nuances. And so just to make sure you want to cover yourself so that when you go down, you know, 10 years from now and get another mortgage or a second home, that this isn't going to haunt you. Yeah. And I think that it's really important to get everything in writing. You agree with someone, you know, whether that's customer service, you know, a personal, you know, someone on a personal level to explain what's going on and then communicate all of that stuff in the way that you understood the conversation to go in writing. I think the idea is that it may be noted on your credit report, down the line. But I'd say, 
I mean, one of the things that is good about this situation is that it's happening to so many people right now. And so many people are taking advantage of these relief options that the idea is, you know, this is going to be something that will appear across the board for so many people that want to purchase homes or refinance or get new mortgages um, down the line, that this is something as long as you have it explained in writing what happened and sort of how this relief option was extended to you, I think most future lenders are going to understand as long as it happened during this time. That's a good point. That is a really, really good point. Another top question the balance is getting right now, sticking with homes is, should I Mm -hmm. refinance my home? And I think my, my thought, my two cents on this is if it makes financial sense, if you're planning to stay in the home for a while and so whatever closing costs you will incur to refi, you'll surpass break even while still living in the house, um, just prepare for long lines. I think that there's a huge backlog right now for applications. What are you hearing? Yeah, I think that's the exact same thing that we're hearing, right? If this makes sense and you've taken into account all of the closing costs for doing it and you're still going to come out on top, which is is true for a lot of the new options that you have and the fact that where interest rates are at. Um, So I think you're right. It is totally worth it for some people as long as you are covering those closing costs. Um, But yeah, it's a lot of people are trying to do it right now. A lot of companies don't even have enough officers to handle the influx of interest in doing this. Um, People are obviously trying to take advantage of any situation that can save them a large amount of money, which refinancing for most people is pretty much it, right? You can't really save much more money than you can on your house. So I think you're right. There's going to, it's going to take a long time for people to get through. Um, but the idea is like, you have to be persistent and good thing. We all have a lot of time to do that. Right. right. Now. When, <laughs> it's the one commodity we all have more of right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, if you can stay persistent and you found a good option, I think it's um, definitely worth exploring. If you're not owning, but you're renting people on a case by case, I'm hearing are having mixed results with getting relief from their landlords. And so one of the big questions is my landlord is still expecting rent. Do I have any options? And I want to say, yeah, you can talk to the landlord and discuss what, what you may need. I think that's always worth the effort. Yeah. So I think it depends on who you're renting from in general. And again, this is one of those other situations where it's a very individual approach to what's going on here because you could be renting from a giant management company who doesn't necessarily care if your apartment stays empty um, for months and months on end, right? Because one apartment may not actually make a big difference to them. Or they may be benevolent and say, we can actually take the hit. We'll give you a little bit of relief on your rent, if you, especially if you've been a really good tenant. Um, or you can have an individual landlord that only owns your building, right? They may be a little bit easier to negotiate with, especially if they've been given you know, mortgage relief options. Um, but it's really about talking to people and like following up and seeing what the rest of the market is doing, right? If there are a lot of apartments available in your building, um, people aren't going to come in and rent that often. I think it's really worth having that conversation because it's not like your landlord is going to have that much leverage, right? Mm -hmm. No one's going to come in and take your apartment. Um, And there's a lot of cities that have instated these kinds of regulations. I know New York was one where they were saying no one is going to get evicted for not being able to pay rent during this time. So it's about understanding what's going on in your specific community 
and really, if you've been a good tenant of your building, I think you have a really good chance of getting relief, but you just have to make sure you talk to whoever is in charge. (laughs) Yes. And I do think just to piggyback on that, if you are at the tail end of your lease, if you have a renewal coming up, this is real opportune time for you to to execute that leverage, knowing that there are other deals out there, month, you know, couple months free, discounts on rent. Yeah. And I'd say a lot of buildings, especially if you live in a community that's kind of large or has a lot of amenities that you've been using, a lot of those amenities have not been open for the last few months. Um, And that's another good option to get some sort of like concession out of your rent is to say, hey, I haven't been able to use the gym or the pool if you live in a community that has them. All of these features. And I know, you know, it's really popular in New York for them to upcharge a ton for these kinds of amenities. Um, That's basically what you're paying for for in a lot of these new buildings. And so the idea is if you can get some concessions on not being able to use that stuff, that's an opportunity to save, even if it's just like a little bit. And lastly, a lot of people coming to the balance asking, is it is it really the time to be looking for a job? And, you know, I get a lot of this as well for on the podcast. I know that people are thinking like, this could be my time to kind of change direction. Maybe I'm in an industry that I just don't see being around for the, you know, for the foreseeable future or, you know, during the last recession, a lot of people got their side hustle on. What's your advice? What is the the site's advice for those who are looking to switch careers at this point? Do you think that it's an opportune time in some ways? Yeah, I think the idea is, you know, I don't know if I would ever advise someone who has a stable job right now to leave it um, on their own sort of volition. Um, I think that it's, you know, depending on what your personal, like your personal financial situation is, I'd say having a stable income right now is probably the most important thing you could possibly have besides your health. So you don't want to disturb anything, but I do think the opportunity is like a lot of people have, had good jobs and they ended up getting laid off or furloughed because, you know, their businesses don't know what's happening. And I think this is a really good opportunity for especially those people to get a new job. The idea is like, if this was a strong, if there was a strong business out there and they're able to survive what's going on right now, you know that that's a really great candidate for a company that you may want to work for down the line, right? And you don't have to answer any of those weird questions when you're going into an interview of like why you changed jobs or why you lost jobs. Same thing like we were talking about with mortgage and your credit reports. Like this is a situation that literally everyone is going to understand what's happening here. So there's no sort of awkward explaining away why you left your job. Um, I think everyone will get it. But the idea is, yeah, this is a really good opportunity to say, like, who's doing well in a situation like this? I think if a business can thrive in a situation like this, that's not profiteering in any way. Um, I think they're a really good option for you to look for. And I think especially if you're interested in starting your own business, if you can figure out how to make a business work in such a volatile economy like we're in right now, I think that would be great and like a great opportunity for you to say, I think this could work for a really long time, right? We're likely not going to face a situation that is more intense or volatile than the one that we're in right now. So I think, you know, it's definitely a good opportunity for you to try to dust off your business plan and say like, how would things have happened to my business if it was running right now? What things can I put in as sort of, you know, guardrails or 
safety nets for my company that I'm considering. But there's definitely a lot of businesses also that are hiring right now. Like there's tons of businesses that are keep, you know, that keep going. So it's, it's definitely a good opportunity for you to get out there and say, I'm open for changing careers, especially if you had lost your job or were furloughed. Yeah. I mean, if the business has a dot com at the end of it, uh, <laughs> they're probably doing better than brick and mortar, transportation, food, you know, all these industries that what I'm hearing is that whatever plans these industries had for the next five to 10 years, as far as growth, it's all happening now. Yeah. And so they're accelerating their growth. And now is a really great time to get on that train. I think people are a little concerned about applying for a job right now. And then when it comes to negotiating your salary, because people yeah. feel it's inappropriate, that's actually people, people use that word, like it's inappropriate to ask for more money right now. And I, I mean, I just feel like if they're already in the hiring mood, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, they have to still expect that there's going to be a negotiation and you shouldn't devalue yourself simply because of what's happening in the exterior world. No. And I, I totally agree. I don't think that you should, you should definitely not sort of lowball what you think you're you're worth based on the situation right now. I think if someone's hiring, no one is out there, no companies that I have heard of or looked into or our company has gone out there being like, let's try to get someone for less money than we normally would have gotten. Like that's not it. The idea is like like you said, we're kind of in this innovation boom period where people are saying like, oh my gosh, we need to change everything that we thought before. And we have to pivot and start this whole new part of our business or do all of these new exciting things. And the idea is like, you need really good talent to do it. You, especially in a situation where like people are just so sensitive to what's going on in the world right now, you want to put out a good product, whatever that possibly is. So the idea of having someone who's potentially not at the level of value that you that they should be at is not really ideal. You want to have the right person for that job, especially during times like this. So I don't think companies are trying to get people for less. You know, I think it'll be the same. There's probably not going to be wild negotiation, you know, room. And I think companies are definitely hiring more, you know, with like more discerning eyes right now. But I don't think that you have to be concerned about negotiating. I think it should it's fair for you to talk to whatever the HR person or hiring manager is and say like, this is what I think I'm worth. Is this in line with what you guys are offering for this position? I like that. Don't lowball yourself. Remember that at the end of the day, you're adding a lot of value to their bottom line. So bringing up all of those value adds is, is critical to, to sealing that deal. And it's true. People are getting jobs. People, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's like people don't want to celebrate right now. People don't want to mention that they've bought homes or have gotten jobs. They feel like that's also inappropriate. And I just want to tell people like, share that because otherwise we think that it's all doom and gloom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we think there's no hope for anyone, but I think that's important. And it's not going to be bragging. It's just showing people. And then if you talk about how you did it, I think that is incredibly valuable information right now. Yes, I totally agree. And like I said, there's so many industries that have had to say, okay, we're doing all right, but the world is totally different now. Let's try something new. Like this is a great opportunity to work with a lot of these companies who have either been like big incumbents or have been really successful in the past, but are actually kind of getting, they're getting like a little taste of this like startup 
atmosphere. Yes. So I think it, this is a really good opportunity to get in with some of these companies um, that, you know, are doing sort of exciting things. I think that I read somewhere, you know, there hadn't been a lot of medical innovation in years. It's like, well, that's out the door because we're literally <laughs> developing 10 vaccines in the, like, the span of three months. So, you know, there's definitely going to be a lot of new and exciting stuff happening. So it, it's definitely good. And people should know that there's a lot of opportunities out there still opportunities and information. Everyone check out thebalance.com. Lauren Silbert, thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me, Farnoosh. For more answers to all of your personal finance questions, check out thebalance.com. And this episode is available on somoneypodcast.com, the transcript as well. And while you're hanging out on the website, click on Ask Farnoosh and be sure to send me your questions. Keep them coming for our Friday Ask Farnoosh segments. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope your day is so money. Money.